yeah, no, Lana and I are still working on our yeah. computers. Old tech. Yeah. Yeah. Is that just like an old Dell machine? <laughs> a or? Mac. We both have Macs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. No. It's like a Super Nintendo that you use somehow. It's a graphing calculator. Like Xbox or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. An old T Texas Instruments uh, graphing calculator. Wow, it really is toxic on his Xbox. <laughs> uh, that's funny. My son has to get a graphing calculator this year. Really? They still do that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I had no idea. The fancy ones, yeah. Um, when, when we were in high school, I feel like they do the calculator so you can't like cheat, like Google the answers and right. stuff. Right. But one of my classmates made a program that showed the screen of, uh, like a wiped memory. Oh my goodness. Like, cause it flashes uh-huh. and so like memory wiped or something. Mm-hmm. So he like programmed that screen and then <laughs> this is what happens yeah, in like was, IB. Yeah, <laughs> I remember know? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just, uh, my my biggest um, innovation with calculators was writing, uh, yeah, typing 33, <laughs> no wait, was it 55378008, flipping it upside down and it said boobless. Damn. Love it. I remember that. Yeah. yeah Those I were the days, that. man. Yeah, I know. That should have been our corporation number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get to pick. <laughs> Do you get to pick? No, like, you don't. You just, just <laughs> it's not like a license plate situation. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, can I actually you do custom? You don't pay extra for that. <laughs> it would just be called boobless communication. <laughs> Welcome to Ask Adverb. My name's Tyler. I'm Adam. And we are joined by an incredible guest today. Yes. Casey Machen. You got it. Hello. Welcome. We Hi. Said, he said it right. We said it right. Yeah. Without even needing to check. That's right. That's rare, <laughs> That's actually. amazing. That's a lie. <laughs> we checked. Do you like a, a flashback sound? And then <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. I thought it was true. I, I will do that in post. It's rare that anyone gets my name right the first time. So. I, for the longest time, like, you know how you just like glance at something on a screen or whatever mm-hmm. and you're just like, I'm going to add letters to this. I thought it was Mansion. Mansion. Yeah, it was like Casey Mansion. That would be wow. Casey's Mansion. Oh, I that's a that's a good one. Ooh, a reality show, Casey Machen's Mansion. Machen's Mansion. Mansion. Yeah. Right Most there. people think it's um, Machen or Machine. Oh. Casey <laughs> I like machine. Yeah. Well, speaking of machine learning. Exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very smooth. This, you're a professional at I'm this. I'm a professional. Yeah. Love professional it. podcast transitioner. <laughs> Put it on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, because you come to us today from Aretto Labs. Mm-hmm. I've said that properly. You have. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I would love, maybe you can tell our uh, faithful listeners a little bit about the work you folks do because we it's incredible yeah um just sort of overview i guess yeah, yeah. yeah pretend yeah, yeah. they know nothing sure yeah. we uh so we are an edmonton based uh company um and we use just that we use machine learning to um detect and counteract uh the effects of online abuse on social media and so um 
yeah, I can tell you the origin story, but that's sort of an overview of, of I, what we do now. I do want to know the origin story. I also sure. don't really know the yeah, origin like, story. Yeah, like why solve this problem? One day I was like, I'm leaving. And <laughs> that's the origin yeah, we, story. We worked with uh, one of Casey's partners at ATB Financial. Before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So speaking of Lana, she really is the brains behind this whole organization. Um, Her and I have been working together for many, many years, um, and we have since brought on a third co-founder, Jacqueline, who worked originally on this project to begin with way, way back when uh, Lana and I started a nonprofit organization called Parody YEG. Oh, you guys started that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here in Edmonton, we started that uh, nonprofit organization. Um, for those that don't know, <laughs> it is aimed at increasing gender parity across uh, all levels of office. Um, in Edmonton, really focused uh, locally, but also um, throughout the province and as it impacts us here in Edmonton. So we started that. Um, part of our work meant recruiting women to run for office and so that meant a lot of coffees uh, and like dragging along um, (laughs) the people that we really um, had identified and others identified as like really great candidates and um, you know through talking with them more often than not I would say probably about 90% of them said one of the biggest barriers to running is online abuse and the amount of um, hatred that you have to put up with and scrutiny, especially as a woman. And um, as we know, all kinds of other layers and complexities that add to that. So uh, it was just something that kept um, coming up over and over and we wanted to address it. There was all kinds of data to prove that this was happening, but not really any solutions. Uh, and so we got frustrated enough and uh, created creative enough and formed a hackathon with some really great people here in Edmonton and um, essentially came up with a bot that um, scans and scores sentiment. And then the idea was, and we've deployed it a couple of times in different elections. We can talk about that because that's really exciting and topical. Um, But but also, um, really, it was a way to, at that point, just raise awareness. So in its infancy, Lana and I off the side of our desks, Uh, and Jackie were doing this. So we just tracked all the women running for office in a given election. And for every extremely abusive tweet that they received, we had an auto response um, with just a message of hope and encouragement that we had just crowdsourced from the Hmm. community. Uh, And it kind of took off and people started to um, understand really the impacts, but also the enormity of the problem. I Mm -hmm. think that was back then, you know, people sort of understood it, but the way that algorithms work and the way that our news feeds are so curated, um, unless you're directly impacted by it, you don't see it happening. And that's really one of the biggest problems, uh, not only for raising awareness, but also validating people's experiences. Sure. Uh, and so that's what we found to be sort of the two biggest um, outcomes from those. Um, but then furthermore, just all the data that we had gathered, uh, compelled us to uh, do it again. And so then we did it for the New Zealand general election and the uh, American election. Wow. And Yeah. Anything like, toxic learned so in much. that one? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what it a was, question. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that all day, but that's really what led to us then deciding that there was really a big market opportunity for us um, in this emerging space and also uh, having worked 
previously in my previous life as uh, a communications and policy advisor to an elected official. I also had directly experienced uh, this type of hatred, and so it was really a motivating factor to sort of quit everything and leave my corporate life and start a company. Awesome. Incredible. You talked about sentiment. I'm curious, because... Um, I mean, we, Tyler and I have worked with different like social media management platforms. They all have like this built in mm -hmm. sentiment scoring thing that never usually a little inaccurate. Yeah. It never seems great. So like, mm -hmm. what are some of the challenges with mm -hmm. measuring sentiment and what's different about the way you can do it? If you can share that with yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. Um, as you said, there is no system that is perfect. Um, and anyone who says their system is perfect is lying Always to you. Always a red flag. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's constantly iterating and getting better. And that's really, um, you know, our job as, as, you know, the owners of Aretto Labs and um, keeping up with that is to be able, be able to improve and iterate, but um, no language model is perfect. Uh, there's all sorts of factors that go into it, and I probably am not the best one to talk sure, about that yeah. end of it, but really um, sentiment is such a broad term, and there there's not a lot of room for nuance and context and especially regional context and culture. So, oh, for sure. Uh, there's all those things um, that really are what, ch it, it's challenging, but it's also the most exciting part of our jobs because it's just constantly trying to get better. Mm -hmm. um, so there's general sentiment scores. We really focus specifically on hate speech and um, harassment. And at, in the beginning, that was where we really wanted to focus. So our, our entire model was built around that um, and focused in on that. So it's a bit more specific, but within that, we also now have built and grown uh, over the years and um, have all kinds of filters within that model and um, actually working on really a couple of other exciting projects that will be able to pick up different forms of hate speech and abuse. Um, everything from, you know, those like microaggressions that can be very mm. subtle, but mm. insidious, uh, all the way to, you know, malevolent messages of coordinated attacks. So, uh, that's really where we see, um, big opportunities. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's too bad that there are big opportunities yeah, there. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, we really started this out of a social impact drive. Like, it's it's frustrating that it's such a big problem, but it's also gratifying that there's a whole bunch of people, it's not just us, that are working on this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, like, the culture around it needs to change, and I could talk for hours about partnerships and how you need to... It's not just someone needs to own it, but there needs to be a whole group yeah. and a partnership of ownership of this problem. For Let's sure. get into that in a moment because I want to talk about like what can we, what might we do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I'm curious, uh, what have you learned so far? Do you have like a, a case study or any like overall, this is what we're seeing is happening with this kind of toxic speech? Um, yeah. And probably, I mean, to no surprise, uh, women, are most impacted yes. uh, by this, um, and women of color in particular. Uh, really, it's and it's not to dismiss other people's experiences. Absolutely, there's <laughs> everyone can have a really terrible and toxic um, experience online, um, but there seems to still be such a, a coordinated effort and almost. 
I don't even know if there's words to describe it, I guess, but there is still this level. We're just seeing systemic forms of racism and misogyny spill over into digital life. That's really wow. plain and simple. Right. Yeah. The digital world is the real exactly. world. Exactly. There are, the, <laughs> there's a pervasive culture of misogyny, Racist, racial, race, yes. racial abuse, yep. and it is, it also exists in this digital space. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's, I'm just sitting here like kind of stewing in it. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Well, we run into this a lot when we write policy for social media. Yeah. It's, hey, how do we govern behavior on social media? And a point we make a lot is you already govern your employees' behavior. Mm -hmm. Social media isn't a separate, it's not a different person. It's not a different world. It is, exactly. you know, you can't walk up to someone and scream something racist into their face. Why can you yeah. tweet it at them, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. that's often kind of a, a really nuanced conversation that we have. Absolutely. Um, we, we can guide specific instances and behaviors that are specific to your digital world, but you already have expectations of the people who work for you or, or the students at your school. And Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think there's more of an understanding for sure, but there still needs to be more... Um, I think like from all angles, policy, mm. I think there really though is a big responsibility, but also an opportunity for corporate, like corporations to be a part of this solution too. Yeah, absolutely. They and I think, exactly. Yeah. And I think people are starting to realize more and more that this really does impact the bottom line. And, and right. that, I mean, I could talk about forever, but <laughs> all the monetary, uh, you know, evidence that a business can point to, to say, this is costing us money is now people are realizing that it mental health impacts of mental health, burnout, uh, you know, all those kinds of things, all those things that really drive that. We're just going to take a quick moment uh, in our conversation with Casey to talk about a very special sponsor. Oh, did we get a new sponsor? No. Oh, oh. The same old sponsor. Oh, yeah. Who continues to be special to us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Great. You yeah. Know who I'm, do you have any idea who I'm talking about? Um, was that Highlands Liquor? That's Highlands, Highlands Liquor. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the people who keep uh, messing with your... Beer preferences. <laughs> I haven't had to choke down a sour beer for this podcast, so yeah. things are looking up. Yeah, and I, I was late in going to uh, to Highlands this week to pick up our, our recommended uh, liquors. I see. Yeah, so we don't have anything to sample this and week. We, but we, did, we had a conversation over email Yeah, uh, where I think... Um, it became pretty clear that they're trying to sabotage you. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why me. To me, you're the one who I would try to sabotage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> from your perspective, that makes sense. From Nate and Mike's perspective, that makes no sense at all. I guess so. Yeah. So, so you know, Highlands Liquor. Yeah. There's a 50% chance they'll sabotage you. <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. No, that's true. And there's a 100% chance... That you'll go home with liquor. I guess the th uh, you, you might go home with a non-alcoholic beer. That's true. Yeah. Which I... A near beer, as they a say. A near beer. A lot of local breweries are making those now. Yeah. I suppose what I um, am 
so excited for with Highlands Liquor is, is the potential of their vast selection mm-hmm. uh, because there must be beers there that aren't sour beers. There must be wines that don't explode. Uh, <laughs> there must be, there must be delight, uh, surprise and delight behind every corner. Uh, in my experience, there is just shopping in the store. And what I really value about them is their curatorial skill <laughs> that they've been able to select uh, so many things that I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they really nailed it. They really nailed it. They really know me uh, and my palate. Yeah. Specifically, the parts of it I don't enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They can get to know. The parts of your palate that you don't enjoy too. <laughs> God. So so roll into roll into Highlands Liquor in Edmonton here. They're in the Highlands neighborhood, right next to Fox Burger. Mm, Can't miss that's, it. Uh, no, that's a restaurant. Well, they don't sponsor us, so I don't want to talk about them. That's right. Uh, you can also check out. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> go to hell, Fox Burger. <laughs> you, can also, you can also check out HighlandsLiquor.ca uh, to see what kind of. Uh, booze they have on offer this has been another scripted ad read from adverb communications and highlands liquor i think something that you know when when we write something like a social media strategy we're often trying to solve this hey here's how you can handle it but I, I, I think something I've been reflecting on as I've gotten to know your work is we're sort of starting from an assumption like toxicity is on this channel. What I like about you is you're reminding, or your company is you're reminding us, you're, you are constantly reminding us this is not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. Yeah. It shouldn't be there at all. I love that you say that because <laughs> that's really what it is. And yeah, I like people used to say that to us all the time. You know, you just have to have a thick skin. Like it's politics, right? It's like... Ugh. nothing drives me no you don't have to have a thick skin you should have empathy and be incredibly patient and a really good i mean there's all kinds of skills that you need having a thick skin shouldn't be one of them and it shouldn't and it's become normalized through all kinds of things um but it really is such a huge barrier and when you realize the impact that it has and the ripple effects that it has, and you think about how many people who really can benefit the most from a free platform that allows you to engage with your audience and voters, they can benefit the most from it, but they're directly impacted the most from it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, it causes all kinds of issues. Especially you're, you're saying disproportionately women, people of color, women of color Absolutely. are, um, targeted mm-hmm. i think something you've already said is like there is a co- there's often coordination to this yes um i'm really curious to talk about kind of the, the barrier to entry that presents because if i decide to run for office tomorrow i'll probably have some people sending some things that aren't very nice yeah. they might be even a little more like i disagree with your policy good sir mm-hmm. uh, versus like a coordinated attack of threats of violence right. or racial attacks kind of thing obviously that would for some people, that would be enough of a reason to not even try. Absolutely. Because it's terrifying. Yes. I have and you're read putting, many of these comments. And you're, you're putting not just yourself, I think especially, you know, people who don't look or um, have the same leadership style or experience as typical 
politicians that we've seen in the past are more reluctant because they think about the impacts that it has to their family. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on your experience growing up, where you grew up, what type of a culture you grew up in, that is, there's all, there's all different levels of experience and how you can react to that. And I think this really stood out to me too when I was working in politics. <clears throat> the way that you experience that violence online yeah. can be very different for people who have had violent experiences in their life. Of course. And so I would often, it would be frustrating because some of these, you know, older, seasoned male politicians. Oh, what is it? Pale, male, and stale. <laughs> Those kinds of dudes? You're right. Knowing that full well that I probably am one of them. Fine <laughs> with me. And that's why I don't like saying it, but um, we'll you're it not. But like, yeah. Uh, who don't manage their social media, probably don't really take an interest. Anyways, they would say, well, you just like, that's, that's how it is. And it doesn't make me scared. And it's like, okay, well, it makes me scared. I, you know, have all these reasons why, and those are, um, those should be, you know, validated and, and accounted for. And yeah. I think too, it's like, it's so insidious, these little things that maybe, oh, you know, it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that, until it really is a big deal. And, and it really can impact so many aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you're going to wind up, and I think you kind of said it already, you wind up, if this persists, with the same type of political candidate or a political leader, you're never going to get the the heterogeneity that you need yes. to run an effective government, to come up with new ideas we haven't heard, yes. to solve problems for people that don't get paid attention to. Exactly. If, if those folks are left out of the conversation, it's, yeah, it's so frustrating. To represent these folks yeah. who are because they are marginalized, they're more likely to be targeted by these exactly. sorts of attacks. It's, it's a right? vicious circle, for sure. It's a sure. vicious circle. And then well, flip that over to... those voices, right? It, like, yeah. that's what is happening. Yeah. Flip that over to media and journalism and what's happening right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, it, think about it. If I... I remember I wanted to be a journalist. Can you... I don't... If I saw what was going on right now, I don't know if I would. No like, way. you know, and so, yeah, there's... A, we again, access to information and credible fact-based information is a right. And so, yes. yeah, that you, can also be impacted. You said something interesting that something that Tyler and I have been thinking a lot about, and actually I'll be presenting at a conference on it Cool. in November is that like the, the people on the front lines who, who absorb this vitriol and have to respond to it, a lot of their leaders have no idea what they see and experience the kind of toll it takes on them and even how to support team members who are going through that stuff. Yeah. I think like the strategies that we write take a lot of that stuff into account, but what's exciting about the work you're doing is maybe in five, 10, 15 years, this kind of hate is eliminated. Yeah. Like, is, is that the mission of a Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love, yes. I would love to think that we get both offline and mm -hmm. online a place to where we can, you know, come back to that. Is that, you know, a long shot? I don't know. Um, but ultimately, absolutely, that's a goal. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, I joined a webinar you folks put on recently. Yeah. Do you want to 
introduce it, that concept at all? Or sure. Which, yeah. Is this is this with the Samara Center? That's right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that actually was not Jose Baez. That's I will right. say, yeah, yeah, that was Jose by the Samara Center. Who but are they used your exactly? Data. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. 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 No problem. Yeah, I can talk about that for sure. Uh, you should have them on at some point because yeah, oh, that'd be great. I feel like we need to go on their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they. It's like they just do amazing work. Um, first of all, and uh, Sabrina, who is the executive director, also a former um, U of A alumni. Ah, uh, just just throwing it out there. Yeah, just throwing it out there. I just like. Yeah, I just have all kinds of time for her. She's a, an incredible person, so I'll just say that. But yeah. uh, yes, we partner with the Smart Center for Democracy. Um, we've partnered with them a couple of times now to uh, cover uh, different elections, and most recently, most recently have signed up uh, a partnership to cover quite a few different elections and really look at the differences between rural versus. Um, urban um, leadership races versus, uh, you know, nomination races. So there's all kinds of hmm. digging in that yeah. we're doing, that they're doing, we're helping them do. Uh, and that's been really, really exciting. But um, I think that webinar, yes, was about their report that they published. Yeah. And I just wanted a little context because I think um, that conversation started one that I want us to have, which is what can we do? Yeah. And I think that we can talk about eliminating this in 10 to 15 years a conversation that came up there was like reaching out to the platforms and their role in allowing yes. or stopping this kind of speech but yeah i'm also interested like a conversation the three of us have had is about what can we do right now yeah <laughs> you've done work with um parody yag yep to encourage people to get more involved mm -hmm. and um yeah i'm curious like i i have a uh um, a couple of things we've done and, and I think you and I have talked through this a little bit mm -hmm. of like how we approach mm -hmm. uh, preparing teams yeah. for the situation that they are entering as they like run political or institutional accounts but I'm, I'm curious like in I, and we can I, I, I'll let you answer first <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're the guest what can people do right now yeah um, okay so one of the really exciting things that we're doing, and I hate to, I'm not trying to be like, a reno. I mean, that is, <laughs> I mean, that's why you're here. here. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. But also, uh, it really, this feature really stemmed out of doing a ton of customer discovery interviews um, and realize, realizing how important it was to have like a boost signal. And that's what hmm. we kind of call it. So it's signaling a predetermined set of people that are on your team that, automatically get a boost to say hey you should check in on this person mm. uh or like here's some examples of how you can go online and um you know be an ally huh. uh so that's automated that will be automated obviously we work with the clients because you know there's all kinds of things to customize there but um in its in its yeah in its um i guess yeah the basic idea is that that's what it would do either through a dm or you know, a push notification or something. So rather like than whoever's monitoring that account, be it a candidate or a communications staff, yeah. um, rather than them kind of shouldering the burden alone. The emotional labor. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that really, like, it is so much. It is so much it and is. you carry it with you throughout the day. And I, I you know, it doesn't look like work, but it's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is big time. Yeah, it's work. So yes, that's exactly it. So the idea is to automate some of that emotional labor um, 
directly with the person, the user. So whether it's the candidate, say it's an election, the candidate themselves or the team that's managing the uh, social media accounts. Um, so things like that. That that was really something that was like, it just we learned that from so many different, just from doing so much work, but really realizing how important that was for validation, um, but also just for automating emotional labor to try and take away some of that, some of those steps. I think sure. the validation's a big part of it it's, because it's <laughs> it's sort of a hidden burden, unless you're day to day on social media and you know. If you were an intern somewhere, your leader might not even know how much work they it don't. is just to open up the account. They don't. Getting that, quantifying <laughs> that data, making yeah. the abusive part of it real, I yeah. guess exactly. is one of the valuable, most valuable things you're doing right now to help teams. I think so too. I think it, um, yeah, it validates it, but then there's all kinds of things within this nice little dashboard that isn't scary and a great place to be yeah. uh, that you can do right <laughs> Bright from, brand colors. Exactly, like, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you can do on the dashboard to um, counteract some of those measures, but yeah. also uh, automate some of those steps. So, you know, automating, reporting, muting, blocking, yeah. uh, those kind of counteractive measures. Um, but then also exactly that, pulling that data to say, this is really happening and mm -hmm. yeah, something needs to be addressed. That's incredible. Like I just think of all the times we could have used this kind of technology in the past. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and we've already been in touch about ways we can use it in yes. the future too. Yes, so. totally. To all of our clients listening. Yeah. Um, I, I also like something that we, something we try to do is think of ways that teams can leverage privilege on that team mm -hmm. to put uh, folks who maybe aren't the targets of these attacks on the front line of monitoring social. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I'm. I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's something we've tried. Mm -hmm. So if you're, let's say, you have a candidate who's a person of color, mm -hmm. um, instead of putting more people of color who will be just as affected or more affected by these words, mm -hmm. not to say that. You know the good people we work with are never aren't affected by oh, this. Of course. But if you can just say like that's, I I understand that's not about me, and it's still a horrible thing to read. Yeah. And then build a culture where that team supports each other emotionally, um, where you really make monitoring and responding on social media a job. Yeah. It's so often on the side of everyone's desk. Totally. And it's so much work to do well, and it's so valuable. It's hugely because valuable. if you can get in there and fight a few fights and win a few arguments and, you know, can have a conversation about your point. You're building social proof. You're building community. Um, yeah, it, there, there's, there's real monetary value there. 100%. You know? And really, like, great point. Let's dig into that. Because the other thing that we learned very, very early on is um, how how exclusionary toxicity can be. So if you are paying attention to a conversation, let's say on Twitter, you're scrolling through, people are you know, talking or going back and forth. If you see someone getting attacked, and I hate to say it, you either are an ally or you are like, I'm not saying anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't wanna get attacked, right? We saw that so much um, both in person and online. And again, you know, this is becoming so blurred, especially now given all that's happened yeah. um but yeah both within person and online we both have we've all been in that experience where 
someone, all it takes is one person to really make, make it hard for other people to participate. We talked just quickly about the, the role that uh, corporations like these larger accounts can play. I mm-hmm. wonder if you want to dig, into, dig that. into that point real quick. And yeah, then, yeah. And then I think, and then, then we need to turn off the microphones and talk about how we all work together. Yes, <laughs> so. exactly. There you go. Uh, for sure. I mean, I think, I think corporations... Some corporations are starting to come around. Right now, um, something that we're really focused on right now is the sports industry, both sports media, but also um, brands, sports brands, uh, that really, we've got some exciting opportunities to work with partners that are just like those early adopters that want to use their brand to leverage fan engagement, sponsorship dollars. Like it is becoming increasingly clear especially within that market that brands have to do that in order to keep up it's just something they're going to have to do especially as generations become more and more um like raised on a digital platform so i think that's becoming clearer what what is really interesting still is um the corporations that we've worked with that really have been successful are the ones that really own it mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of times it's sort of this like you know hot potato that everyone passes around like whose problem is this um could be obviously related to policy a lot of our clients are in the uk and they have um the uk and australia have quite a bit um more advanced policies Hmm. from a federal level when it comes to this. So uh, there's just a general awareness, um, but also a duty of care. They're Mm -hmm. further down the road than we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but that's not to say like this is an emerging market and we really see opportunities here too. So, um, you know, trying to find that sweet, sweet spot, but also those brands that really care about this and want to, do this for all the right reasons in order to grow their fan base to be inclusive mm-hmm. and you know grow future generations of fans yes. yeah and they and they're realizing they have to do that so we love working with them we love working with those clients because it's just i don't know it's just such a pursued passion together and and they they just get it so folks like what they're hearing how do they get in touch to... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you can email me anytime, Casey, K-A-S-E-Y, at arettalabs.com and check out our website, arettalabs.com, all of our social. Um, we'll be in London later this Ooh. month at, yeah, wow. Leaders Week. That's a it's nice a- part of Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. London, Ontario is great too. Hey, uh, but yeah, we'll be at um, Leaders Week, which is a really, really um, interesting sports-focused international conference. Cool. Uh, and uh, our Euros and Wimbledon report is coming out. That is very like cool. So I'm so so proud of our team. I just couldn't be prouder. They've done an amazing job, and I'm really excited to talk about it can't wait to see those we will definitely have you back on the show thank you thanks for joining us thanks for having me thank you